1: out of Tokyo Bay.
0: We begin the attack on Earth now.
2: We persuaded the thing to help you. With what little power it has left.
3: Oh my God, that is that is exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you so much. Uh, welcome to episode 61 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast that is 100 percent dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and uh, we are here live at G Fest. What is it? 19 G Fest 19 in Chicago. So uh, thank you guys all for showing up. Give yourselves a round of applause first. You know for, for being here. I really appreciate it. And uh, not only do I appreciate you guys showing up in the audience, I appreciate my co-hosts or panelists or whatever you want to call them for this particular episode. Starting off at my right, left, right. Yes, this is uh, Mr. Bob Eggleton. Bob, go ahead and pick up that microphone. Let's do a mic check. Mic check. Mic check. All right. So how are you doing, Bob? Good. Great. You've been to this, uh, this uh, little convention here several years, I'm sure.
1: Oh, going back to 94, maybe?
3: Excellent, excellent. You guys can hear everybody all right out there? We good on volume? Nods? Nobody can hear nods on the podcast when, when they're yeah. listening. Uh, directly to Bob's right, we have Mr. Matt Frank. Matt, go ahead and say hello. Hello. <laughs> Matt, Matt's been on the podcast a couple oh times before. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, uh, directly to Matt's right, we have Jeff Zorno. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Whoop and the whole uh, yo 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 oh there we go whoa, whoa, whoa. hi there everyone there we go yeah so the whole purpose uh, purpose the whole purpose <laughs> of this uh, episode is to aside from being live here at g-fest we're going to talk about godzilla and the artwork involved in that drawing him and uh making awesome things essentially so thank you guys all for showing up and uh we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it because we're not going to really do news we're not going to really do um, music requests. I'm not going to make anybody sit here for three minutes while I play a song off my iPod. Dude,
4: play. I totally had a music request. Yeah, <sighs> play some Freebird. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the, the noodley kind? All okay, right. so uh, what, uh, what, let's start with Bob here, since you're, you're to my right. Uh, what inspired you to, to start painting Godzilla or drawing Godzilla?
1: Well, back in 1966... Way back, um, when. way back—that's back in the day. Uh, I was given—I was about six years old—and I was given a uh, Godzilla game from Ideal. It was this board game, and everything was a board game back then. It was Monopoly, and they had this cool box art for this Godzilla board game. And it was all the merchandising back then was based on nineteen, the nineteen sixty-two look to Godzilla, because the most successful film in the '60s that Americans had seen was King Kong versus Godzilla. So they based a lot of any of the merchandising, and this was the ideal game, I mean, the Aurora models based on that, that sort of thing. Anyway, my mother bought me this game, and it was only 69 cents at a local store, and I just said, Godzilla, and she said, I got this for you because it looked like a dinosaur. So like It was love at first sight, and from then on, I was drawing Godzilla on a chalkboard, drawing Godzilla through the 70s on paper and all kinds of whatever i get my hands on. And then that inevitably led to me painting Godzilla in the '90s till now, uh, among many things that I do is a career
3: as an artist. Excellent. And you tell everybody who doesn't know, because Bob's not just well, famous what's for wrong Godzilla with you? stuff. You know, <laughs> he he also does a lot of uh, covers. Yeah, I do a lot of a book lot of covers in science fiction
1: art, yeah. and I've won eight Hugo awards for best artist in the field of science fiction. That's awesome! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and, 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 I'm a, and I'm a bit of an oddity in the science fiction business because they are so serious about everything. And there's Godzilla to them is all these like silly rub guys and people in rubber suits and things like that. And like they say, yeah, but it's a you know they'll say it's a guy in a suit, and I say yeah, but so is Chewbacca, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, no, they they you know you have all kinds of people telling me logically why Godzilla can't exist because he's too big to exist, that sort of thing. And you know, and, and I'm like you know they take it all very seriously, and then I'm sort of just having fun with it. You know, I mean this is just I just love having uh, fun with it. And uh, um, kind of presenting Godzilla to the science fiction side of fandom that doesn't really get into Godzilla But I sort of present it to them in a way that they can sort of relate to Which uh, is a lot of fun to watch
3: Excellent, thank you so much for uh, such a sincere answer, sir <laughs> uh, We're going to go ahead and move down to Matt What, uh, what inspired you? What, what struck you about Godzilla that made you say, I've got to draw this?
0: Well, when I was a young boy in England, I grabbed a piece of electrical wiring, and no, uh, although the electrical wiring part did happen. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, well, kind of what happened was I was always kind of tangentially aware of Godzilla. I was I, I watched movies, and I was much uh, when I was very young, uh, but it didn't like hit full force until 1994 when the Trendmasters toys were first coming out, and I remember the. The trading cards and I, I loved those trading cards they had such cool visceral art on them mm. and thinking like man I want to draw like that <laughs> so I took it and I started uh, I started trying to draw Godzilla and trying to uh, you know just just the the idea of, of recreating something or even just creating something in general that was so visceral and so intense and had so much energy and power to it that had a lot of appeal to me I mean I had always doodled and drawed uh, since I was very 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 young but uh, it was at that point and then when my parents took me to Heroes and Fantasies which was a comic book store it's still in San Antonio and uh, it was at the older location and they, we, I was looking for oh, Godzilla comics. It was just the first thing that popped into my head. And that was right in the middle of the Dark Horse Run. So uh, my parents bought me every copy, that, uh, every issue that they had. I stuffed them all in my backpack every day and took them with me to school and read them on the Jungle Gym, just climbing the top of it, and I would just read them after school every day. And day. I'm sure those are in pristine
3: condition right now, right?
0: Yes, they are. <laughs> Mint. Mint. <laughs> The, uh, the, the bags are completely just, are almost annihilated. They still have the old tape on them from just pulling the tape off, putting it on there, pulling it back off, but uh, the books are still in... I like to think they're in great shape. I, I, I don't... I think that you should be thrown in jail for uh, uh, anything happening to your Godzilla comics at all. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh, it wasn't until high school that I actually made the conscious... <clears throat> sorry, conscious decision to... Pursue the uh, drawing as a career, much to my mother's dismay, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know. And then I got into college, and that was where I actually started really, really pursuing it professionally. So, uh, and here we are today. All right. So Jeff, what about you, man? I mean, we actually we've
3: I'm I'm sure G fans in the room are very familiar with Bob's work. I'm sure fairly familiar, if not very familiar, with Matt's work, but. You're kind of a newcomer to the uh, the G Fan sort of s- the spotlight. I'm actually
2: least. not that much of a newcomer at all. My very first published work I'm was sure. in G Fan fifteen, oh which was probably like the third official ish- issue of G Fan. And uh, yeah, um, uh, what happened with me was uh, everybody has their first memories of Godzilla, and I have a memory that stretches as far back as when I was two years old. But I have no recollection as to how I got into Godzilla. Uh, by the time I was two, I remember seeing King Kong on TV for the first time and thinking to myself, oh, this is like Godzilla, except not nearly as cool.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: um, I literally had legitimately a lifelong obsession with Godzilla that I have no idea where the heck it even stemmed from. I remember seeing uh, Godzilla vs. Gigan and uh, Terra Godzilla in the theaters when I was very young, but that was already like at a point where I was absolutely rabid for Godzilla because that's the only way my parents would have taken me to see those movies. So I have just literally been into Godzilla pretty much since I was like at least one.
4: <laughs>
2: and um, when I was seven uh, in first grade, I remember just doodling a lot because I was, a, I was a, sort of a TV junkie and uh, you know had a hard time paying attention in school or whatever. And I started drawing in class and, um, you know, one day my, my first grade teacher kind of scolded me for not paying attention in drawing. And she, But then she kind of stopped and I was actually, I think I was drawing the Roadrunner. And she was like, oh, that's actually kind of good. And she was like, do you want to be an artist when you grow up? And I was like, you can do that. <laughs> and then I was like, yes. So ever since I was seven, I've always wanted to be an artist as a professional career thing, lifelong, whatever. Um, and just basically chased that dream since I was seven. Um, wanted to draw Godzilla or be involved with Godzilla in any kind of way shape or form since I was you know itty-bitty and uh, when the IDW uh, series came around that was pretty much my opportunity to jump in I had worked for them in the past and uh, when I heard they had the, uh, the license, I just immediately uh, emailed Chris Royale. And like I've said before, I just, in as professional way as possible, was like, you have to put me on this book! <laughs> and, uh, you know, luckily enough, uh, I, I got on, I've done some covers, and uh, so far it's been great.
3: All right, so you guys have been enjoying the, the audience out there, you guys have been enjoying the artwork for the uh, Godzilla series, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until I saw the lineup here I saw everybody who's gonna be here and I was like oh we have like some really great uh, artists here that have done covers for the IDW series and uh Like, so Bob, how did you, I mean, how did you get involved specifically with IDW?
1: Well, I had uh, emailed, I heard they got the license, and I was, like, wondering what they were going to do. I wasn't sure, because we were all sort of this, uh, it was the comics from Dark Horse, the Dark Horse era changed significantly from when we were in IDW's era, where everything's very virtual now, and um, it's a whole new generation of people, and I... Uh, initially had said you know I'd like to see where this goes and let's see let me see if I can contact somebody there and I I finally got around to it and at the same time i had been talking to Matt Frank anyway and Matt said look you know I'm gonna recommend you I'm gonna recommend you and uh, to to the editors there and I so I sent them along some of my work and um, up to that point they'd never heard of me which
3: is really interesting. I don't. Right. I don't understand how that's possible.
1: And and it's and in no, like so wow, you, you, wow? you're really great. So uh, then they said uh, we'd like to. Um, you know, how about if we use you on this? And and they, they initially when I submitted some things, they would get back to me, but they took about. 4 or 5 months to say okay this is what we can use you for and and uh and uh, that's what I did and I started with the legends book uh, some covers for the legends books and uh uh moving forward to do some more for the, uh this series now coming up the brand up. new yeah. self-titled
3: yeah. yeah very cool very cool and Matt uh, I think we we've already talked to Matt on the podcast about that so you don't have to go into it too much <laughs> but uh similar sort of story I guess with the IDW guys
0: <laughs> well it what was funny was I mean, yeah, you're right. We did talk about the... I have, I have told the story many times about how I heard about the license uh, and literally ran back home and started fire emails to Chris Ryle, the editor-in-chief at IDW. Um, but what I didn't know until recently, I, <clears throat> I, was at, I was at BotCon in Dallas a few months ago, which is the official Transformers convention, and I've, you know, I've done some Transformers work and so that's uh, reason enough, I guess. <laughs> uh, and I was out there and I was talking with Chris Mowry, who is the letterer and one of the uh, – he's the big Godzilla nerd over at IDW, keeping them on the straight and narrow. He's pretty
3: much like the reason we have these comics. Yeah. Because if it hadn't he's been for a- Chris, like pushing in the background saying, you guys, we got to get this license. we got to do this. we got to get these monsters. Yeah. Uh, we would not have the Godzilla comics that you see here today.
0: Yeah, like he's the one who knows who Gezera is and Gyra and Sanda, and so the rest of them were like, "What's Guy Ga- Gigan? Is that how you say his name?" I love you guys. Please don't fire me. Um, anyway, I was talking with Chris. We were just we were just hanging out. We were at uh, getting dinner or something, and uh, I, I was just kind of talking with him, and he said, "You know what?" I... I You you, you've been saying that you pestered us to uh, put you on the books, but to be honest, we were always considering you. Like when we got the license, we said we really want to get Matt on these books, and I was just I was floored to hear that. I didn't even think I thought I thought that I was just uh, this guy who every couple of months uh, sent Chris Ryle an email either asking, uh, "Hey, I uh, rents due. I need work," or um, "Hey, you guys should really get the Godzilla license," Uh, and. Uh, and that was that. Just kind of knocked me for a loop, and it was really great that I I got this email from Chris Ryle asking me to help with the, to to basically be the lead artist on the Stomp cover, uh, the Stomp cover pro- promotion, and then, and then the the portrait covers, and then that's what led to the Legends issue one and the current covers, and so it's it's been a it's it's been interesting to kind of. Uh, to, to, to find that out and to uh, it's really humbling to know that they liked me enough to have known who I was so Take from that what you will and how about you Jeff?
2: Oh, well, like I said uh, when I heard that they had the license I you know pestered Chris about it and uh, I had worked for IDW in the past um, on the Gene Simmons House of Horror books And a few other projects and some behind-the-scenes stuff help them get the GI Joe license um, <laughs> nice. but uh, anyways uh so Chris basically was like, okay, well, we have this sample script that we're giving to everybody who wants to, you know, work on the book, do a sample pick at least one or two pages from this three-page thing and, you know, let's see what you can do. So uh, it's on my Facebook and on my DeviantArt page. I did um two sequential pages or a, a sequential page and a paint-up of Godzilla versus Hedorah and um, uh, when I sent that in, they just sort of responded with like
0: whoa you weren't
2: kidding so uh they were like all right we'll, we'll try to see what we can do with you and you know figure out where we can fit you in and uh a couple anguishing like months later um they basically were like hey we need variant covers would you be down i'm like ah, you don't even need to ask like just just tell me what you need and you'll have it you know and so uh, i did uh, several of the variant covers for kingdom of monsters and uh the the current godzilla series um yeah, it's that was pretty much how I got involved. Excellent. And uh, how many
3: budding artists do we have in the... Uh, by applause. How many budding artists, <laughs> artists do we have in the audience? <laughs> Smattering. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. So we're, I'm going to start asking some artsy-fartsy questions, if you guys don't mind. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know why so I do that. So how do you guys <laughs> compose your compositional... No, I'm just kidding. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> What medium uh, do you guys prefer to work in, um, Bob? You're primarily a painter, painter, right? Like- yeah, I'm, I'm a painter. Um,
1: the uh, uh, when I started off, I, I've, I've it's not that i don't like digital work i i see some amazing work done digitally and uh it's just that i've learned to paint i learned all my life to paint and uh that's how i approached it from from i wasn't going to really change i just wanted to do something that was a painting uh for uh you know you don't see a lot of quote-unquote painted book painted covers anymore you see uh you know and i so i wanted to to apply just my traditional techniques, which is watercolors, gouache, acrylics, that sort of thing. Sometimes I work with oils, too. Uh, and I wanted to use those as part of what I was going to present, because I wasn't going to, you know, I was going to present what I could do, what I had been doing in the previous time for, for working with Dark Horse. Uh, and the one thing I do want to say about the IDW books is that the big advantage of them, this is makes them a real step up, uh, is that they got licenses to all the monsters, and not just Godzilla. <laughs> in the Dark Horse era, the problem they had was Toho, it was run very differently at the time, and they said that we're just gonna license Godzilla, and you gotta make up your own monsters to go with it, and that was a real handicap for it. So art-wise, you know, you, we had to make up our own monsters, so, but this one is great, because you were able to, we are able to use the Toho well, a lot of the Toho well of monsters, you know, they they they, they, they can sort of, you know, they're very uh, open about that now, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, I keep to painting, and that's
3: what I do, and it's, it's it, it gets inter- interesting
1: reactions too interesting
3: excellent, reactions. excellent. and uh matt you are you guys uh matt and jeff are you you guys both are traditional in the terms of uh drawing on paper first right yes yeah. Yeah. yeah but matt what's uh what's your preferred from start to finish like what's what's your medium
0: well i mean it, it, pretty much just just like just like jeff i uh, i uh will, will draw with pencil and ink on paper to start out with and then move on to digital for for colors and for uh any edits necessary i mean photoshop and the the digital era of art is uh it is really great it, it you uh, I especially have a, a much greater appreciation for it now because uh when i was in college i got a a scholarship to go spend a couple of weeks at an art retreat up in Michigan where uh, we took a class taught by Jessica Abel, who's a a very well-known indie comic artist and writer. And uh, the thing was, though, was that we learned how to do comics the traditional way. When I say traditional, I mean we hand-lettered all the bubbles, all the little dialogue bubbles and everything with this... I don't even know what it's called. It's this little horrible thing that uh, you, helps you to map out every one of your letters. And uh, I mean, it was a great learning experience, but it's like, as soon as I got home, I just, I hugged my computer ever so gently because <laughs> it, you really gain an appreciation for how much the technology has changed and where everybody came from. Like I, I'll i uh, be at comic conventions and I'll I'll talk to guys like Herb Trimp. And uh, even even uh, even younger guys like Phil Hester, who they still will lay out their uh, dialogue in bubbles, like physical little cutout bubbles uh, onto the paper, um, and it, it's just it's just kind of amazing the way things have changed. And I'm still very grateful for the ability to use uh, digital work, but uh, to use digital to accentuate my art. But I I still want to go back and, and paint, and I still want to use things like markers and watercolors and stuff. And every now and then I get to do it a little bit. I painted a lot in college. I started uh, working a lot in Impressionism, and I, I actually have a, a painting of Godzilla that's in my, in my parents' uh, house, and it's, it's, a, it's an Impressionistic painting of Godzilla, so it's all like uh, quick, small brush strokes. And he's just, he's doing the, he's all practically doing the thinker. He's got his hand on his chin, and he's just, he's very pensive, <laughs> So, there you
2: go. I actually I, I usually start doing my layouts in uh, Photoshop uh, and just do digital like sketches of, of what I'm about to do. I'll print that out, uh, trace it onto a comic artboard, and then pencil and you know physically ink with a brush and crow quills and a little bit of technical pen for technical stuff. Um, and then when that's all done. Scan it back into Photoshop, and I will do um, you know any kind of like touch-up work on the drawing itself in some Photoshop, and then uh, you know color everything digitally. Because I mean, the thing that's great about Photoshop and the, the whole like digital art thing is that uh, I live in New York City, which is pretty much the most expensive city in this country to live in, and uh, it makes things fast and very very economical because. Buying paint, as Bob can explain, is yeah. really expensive. Oh yeah. And waiting for paint to dry is eating up a lot of time that I could be doing working. So you know that's just and plus the whole like you know being able to fix anything at the drop of a dime is also very very economical for speed and whatnot. So that that's pretty much my really quick process. And so you guys have been drawing kaiju
3: for a long time. Uh, Aside from Godzilla, which might not be your favorite monster to draw, uh, you know, just down the line here, like which which one appeals to you most as far as like putting on paper? Oh, hmm.
2: yeah, don't ask question. us to choose. Probably our children. Probably <laughs>
1: it could be anybody from um, uh, Rodan. Uh, is cool. Angulus. Uh, I, I would say. I would say for me, it would be probably Rodan. Nice.
3: One of my favorites, the, the 1956 Rodin. Of course, yes, of course. Well, the, after 56, he just let
0: himself go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he became very flat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Matt. Oh man. I mean, well, well, it's like what Jeff was saying. I, I, when you're an artist and you draw these things all the time, there's aspects of every single one of them you like, uh, and and it's hard to it is hard to choose. I learned mm. how to draw Anguirus... So much uh, from from doing the interiors on Legends, and uh, so he's he's a lot of fun because you can get so much personality out of him. I have I have uh, some friends of mine who have described Angira as he's always got this look on his face that he really needs coffee. It's early; he really really needs coffee. And if you can get that, if you can nail that look, then um, you've got you've got the character down. Uh, beyond that, I mean Godzilla's himself is of course always fun to draw, but oh boy. Um uh, you know who who's a lot of fun to draw, you can make him look really sinister if you get it just right is is because yeah. he's got those big horrible eyes. And uh Batra is also a lot of fun to draw because yes, it's 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 Batra. got that Got that shape that Mothra has, and you know, and she, but she's always so elegant. And if you, it's really easy to screw Mothra up. And uh, but with Batra, you can go a little, you can go harder and faster and more, more violent in almost every respect. Which uh, is kind of why both of the Batra covers that I've done have are, are uh, t- probably two of my personal favorites that I put out. So, yep. I also really like Varon Oh, <laughs> just throwing too. that out there. And Space Godzilla. Well, Space
1: Godzilla has been great. Uh, I've had a recent predilection for Space Godzilla for some reason, <laughs> yeah. even though he's like one of the slowest of the '90s movies, and <laughs> not well-regarded by some people. Yet it had kind of—he was kind of cool-looking. As time went very by, cool he was looking. Yeah. very cool-looking.
0: I think that, that movie gets an unfortunate rep. I think. I think it's it's better than most people give it credit for because it kind of sucks. A little yeah, bit. I would disagree with you. <laughs> well, him. you know, we're talking about the Heisei movies, so... <clears throat>
3: I would definitely agree that Space Godzilla is a really cool-looking monster. I mean, otherwise he wouldn't be on my inner
2: arm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as uh, any kaiju that I would prefer to draw, um, uh, I am a huge fan of the, the 70s era of Godzilla, so any of those characters I would absolutely be into drawing. Unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to, but, man... I am so sad that I have not done a Geigen cover, mm. cause he is the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Geigen, and I, I really, really, really want to do a Baragon something, cause Baragon, the original Baragon, sixty, what year was that? Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Five, Six, yeah, the original Baragon just. Rules. I don't know. I love that much. And plus, the the fact that his his you know costume was used so many times in Ultraman. I just have an <laughs> affinity for you know that whole shape. Um, and he's, you know he can look totally badass, and he can also look really cute. It's uh, he's he's awesome. He's known as the cute monster. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it, and he's got like a lot of cool powers. He's got a beam. He can jump around. Like he kicks some butt.
0: It's one of the reasons why uh, uh, Barragon was used in GMK was yeah. because. Baragon is way is extremely popular in Japan, and you would think that they would put Angiris in there, but the Japanese apparently don't really care about Angiris. It's all about Baragon over there. That's, Baragon yeah, rules. He does. He's pretty cool.
3: He's got a lot of crowd appeal. Baragon <laughs> does. Uh, so, what is the the most frustrating thing about uh, about working with these giant monsters? Is it, uh, is it the the scales? Is it the You know, the sheer size that you have to sort of like infer when you're painting them, like what, or, you know, drawing them.
2: Uh, What do you guys think? I want to cut in real quick and just say I I would have to say the most uh, frustrating thing for me, anyways, because I can be real hard on myself, is uh, a lot of times getting the scale. Like the size of everything, very proper. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yep. like I, I, recently did a, a variant Angerus cover where he's attacking this uh, famous castle in um, Scotland, and because the castle is so huge and has these giant windows, it makes uh, Angerus look really small. <laughs> yeah. And I, and there was there was kind of a quick uproar about it uh, on the internet, and some people were like, "Why'd you make him so small?" I'm like. And I had to like show photos of the castle with like, you know, a whole bunch of tourists walking through a gate. Like you see how small these people are compared to just the front gate of this castle? Those windows have got to be between ten and fifteen foot tall. So I I swear to God he's not small. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like, come on guys, Jeff knows what he's doing.
1: I uh with me it was uh, a case of I I it's a scale thing and it's also in one case, I did the var- I did a variant cover, and it was uh, Godzilla with battling Kumonga, the giant spider. And on the cover, I uh, had to show a guy. Cl- um, the, the idea was that Daredevil scales Godzilla while he's battling this giant spider. And so I gives a kind of a little bit of a nod to the the old uh, '60s era. I used the 1962 Godzilla, which they let me do that, and that was kind of fun to do. But I, when I drew, did the initial sketch, I had the sky sort of on top of Godzilla's head, and the editor just, they loved it. They absolutely loved it. Toho didn't. They said, uh, no, we don't want him on top of Godzilla. We want him looking like he's struggling just to hang on and, in fact, make him really unnaturally smaller than he would be. And I was like, okay whatever and so I gave them several options and that's what we use Photoshop on the sketch yeah, I, did I was these.
2: about to say that actually to me like as, just from an art director standpoint because I have a little bit of experience with that um, that actually makes very good sense to me just because like they want their star to seem like yeah. you know so epic and whatnot yeah
1: absolutely and then that's what it was that's what it was yeah.
0: that is the thing about um, uh, I mean well this is a quick, quick little tiny digression just to, with regards to you know
3: I will allow it
0: yeah <laughs> Uh, Toho, uh, they come. I mean, it's no, it's no secret that Toho comes back at us with a lot of notes. Um, they really, they, they, they know what they're doing. You know, they've been running this company for what seventy years oh, since yeah. almost the turn of the cent. It's almost the turn of the century, and and uh, I mean a goodly amount of their notes you'll look at it and at first you'll be like man I don't wanna I, but I meant intended this but then you actually get back to it and you actually make the changes and most of the changes I made that yeah. were per their requests it looks so much better now
2: you mean yeah. turn of the 20th century right because turn of the century was only 12 years ago <laughs>
0: so only so so they're so awesome and the, they, they created themselves in 2000 and then they went the awesomeness went back in time and waves through the '60s and then just started generating films um, but anyway, uh, back to the original question about what I find difficult there are tricks you can use with regards to scale you know and personally I just feel like as long as the monster looks big and imposing, you can generally get away with it. Um, but what I found sometimes difficult is, uh, often difficult is, you've got these monsters, and nine times out of town, they they're these very, they're very organic. They're very, you're very free flowing. Even with all the scales and everything, it's usually the same couple of patterns over and over again. Or and there's a lot of excitement to rendering this this character. It's the putting them in an environment. And one of the things I recently had to start doing was. I didn't even realize I was doing this until it was pointed out to me. My monsters are taking up almost the entire page or the entire panel, and it's kind of getting difficult to even tell what where they are or what's happening. So, I've uh, had to start making more conscious decisions as to well, do I want to set this in? Do I want to do I want to make the monster just a little bit smaller and put the city around them and put them in a in a city or on the moon or whatever? And uh, which is actually something I did for the. The Ultraman print that I did for G Fest, I didn't even I, I when I was conceptualizing the uh, the art, I didn't even put any thought towards where they were going to be fighting. I just knew I wanted them the Ultra Brothers to be fighting King Ghidorah, and <clears throat> and it, it didn't and I and then it didn't hit me until literally I had already laid the pencils out on the final piece of paper like uh, for the <clears throat> final art. And I thought like, oh, where are they going to be fighting? <laughs> uh, and then I was like. Well, I guess it could be a nondescript Japanese countryside. I mean, that's very '60s. And I thought a little bit more about it. No, let's put him on the moon. <laughs> so anyway, you can always—you gotta—it takes a little bit extra brain power for me to uh, put uh, thought into the environment and what's actually happening. Plus, in addition to that, uh, when you when you draw monsters most of your life, drawing people can be. Uh, can be a challenge in and of itself, and it has been for me for a long time. I've just recently gotten my people to a a point where I'm satisfied with them in any capacity because monsters are, quite frankly, more fun to draw. (laughs) And, you know, so uh, there it is. I mean, uh, hopefully I'm not the only person who thinks that. (laughs) So You're
3: alone, Matt. You're alone in a sea of... I'm just kidding. (laughs) We have... uh, we're going to do a little weird format thing here as far as the, the episode goes. We're still going to do a tiny little bit of news, uh, but I have time for maybe three questions from the audience. Does anybody have a question they want to ask? All right, so uh, I'm going to go one, two, three. You three guys, uh, just come on up here, right up to the front, and I'm going to have to do something weird with my microphone here. <laughs> and Because um, this one's watch? not... Yeah.
0: <laughs> Turn away, children. Don't look.
3: No. We'll okay, look. so uh, first off, tell me... what. What's your name is, even though I see it right there? <laughs> uh, my name is Josh. Um, my question is, what is your favorite Godzilla comic, just to read? Favorite Godzilla comic, gentlemen.
0: Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say,
2: um, I'm actually a huge uh, fan and still own the, um, the Godzilla 1985 uh, manga adaptation that Dark Horse put out in the 80s. Um, don't know why. I just really, I've always been a huge, huge anime manga fan since I was, you know, a kid in the '80s and whatnot. And once I really, really started collecting comics and, and discovered manga, I was really, really into that stuff. And so one day, I went in the comic shop, saw a Japanese Godzilla manga, and was like, "Oh my god, it's like too much." So I'm, I'm still a huge fan of that. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean. I, I, just like Jeff, I I actually... I'm also a big fan of, of anime manga. I actually started collecting the the uh, any Godzilla manga, any standout Godzilla manga I could find. I have a small... I have a, almost a whole shelf uh, dedicated just to Godzilla manga. And of course, uh, with the exception of the 1984 or 1985 manga, none of it's translated. <laughs> so, But that's the great thing about manga, is that you can kind of get the gist of what's happening, because it's, it's all visual. And... Uh, I, I really really like the Godzilla 2000 manga adaptation it is really cool because it's it's when they started working on these manga it's it's clear that they only had like a very basic a uh, very basic story outline to work from because they're making it at the same time as they're making the film. So the story for Godzilla 2000 the manga actually winds up being a lot more exciting and interesting than the film itself because they have all this crazy stuff with like the aliens take the shape of the little girl and they're start they like talking to Shinoda and the other main characters. And like the aliens are like humanoid and there's like a it, it's horrible. And Orga is like three or four times bigger than Godzilla in the book and it's uh crazy. But one of my other and of course, like I said, I'm a big fan of the Dark Horse stuff and of course, the Marvel stuff and uh and but uh, another manga though that i think deserves a lot of attention is i wish i knew the title of it but it's it's a it's a story, uh, not a story, it's a series of stories told from behind the scenes. It's all Toho backlot stuff, but it's told in manga <laughs> form. And it's I've like seen that, yeah. yeah, and it's got all these and it's funny cuz all the people in the in the comic are very cartoonish. They've got these these big wide faces and these big eyes and stuff. Even more cartoonish than standard manga. Mm-hmm. And then, but the monsters are all beautifully illustrated. They're very detailed, and it's usually like um, the the actual illustrator of the book. Like at at one point during the story, he walks into a back lot. Sorry, not a backlog. Into one of the studios, he just opens the door. He just kind of casually walks in, and then Godzilla jumps out, and it's like, oh, And he's like, ah! It's just his eyes go huge, and he just scares him half to death. And it's it's just a, they're filming a sequence, but the, the but it was so intense and all these explosions going on that it it scared him half to death. And I just uh, it's a it's such an interesting little. Um, Little piece of Godzilla lore that I wish I could read. <laughs> so, we, uh,
1: I like the um, one of my first Godzilla. Co- well, of course, the Marvel comics I liked the back in the 1970s; those were kind of fun. But also, uh, there's one that was done as a one-shot done uh, dark horse around 1987, and Steve Bisson did the artwork. For oh, it yeah. oh yeah, that's a really beautiful, that really terrific. And Steve man. is a Steve's a, a great cool friend guy. of mine, and and he did a they did a real good job with that, and. Uh, they kind of re re again. They didn't have the license, you as all the other monsters, but they made other monsters kind of like what Mothra would be or whatever, you know. Yeah. So those those ones are just kind of f- f- fun for me. Although, um, uh, you know, and uh, my 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 favorites lately have been the whole Legends the legend series. Uh, especially Matt's. Uh, <laughs> I'll give a plug for Matt here. Uh, especially uh, that was a, that was uh, like these little episodic stories are a lot of fun.
0: Bobby's story for issue five, I thought was one of the probably the the, the most concise and, and the strongest. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Kernau, our editor, is also a really great writer. He's uh, written uh, Nine of a Thousand Wolves, which is a crazy awesome horror story. And uh, he's writing the new Battle Beasts comic as well.
2: Which I'm doing covers for.
0: Oh, that's right. <laughs> this guy. Um, All right. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut everybody off. Please, uh, applaud for Jeff. Do it now. <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> uh, he's uh, power
3: hungry, <laughs> ladies
0: and gentlemen. <laughs> no, but it's like what Bob was just talking about. Uh, with uh, Steve Bissett, uh, I actually found a bunch of art online of uh, Steve's earlier conceptualizations of those other monsters yeah. that are in that book uh d- he did like this really insectoid looking king Ghidorah that was really cool looking have y'all seen those no yeah he, no he steve couldn't
1: they couldn't use the they they were not allowed to use the other that was back when um upa Synergy saperstein was the the licensor of godzilla and he would sort that's the one that's the comic right there he's the one who uh licensed it for toho and they Toho didn't get a say in. It. it was a very interesting thing going on. Toho did not get a say in uh, much. They were consulted. They were, but but Saperstein was the guy that was the yes or no on things, and that's what I heard out of it. But that and that's what you were dealing with. And then the '90s came along, especially in 1998, when the Geno, the Godzilla, uh, Tristar Godzilla came out. What? And
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and
1: uh, and then Toho took over all of the, almost all the licensing, almost all the licensing from that point on. What's a Geno? know. <laughs> Alright, next question.
0: It's a, it's a restaurant here in What's Chicago.
4: What's a tri-star?
0: <laughs> Alright, my name is Brian, and you've already touched
3: upon what monsters you enjoy drawing the most, but is there any kind of character that you just find a real pain in the butt to draw?
1: Yes. <laughs> um, Ghidra, because he's got all these heads, and they're always, they're going everywhere at once, and I mean, he's got the three heads, and you got to get the trick with Ghidra is you got to have what you call the beauty angle, and it's the the the, the way he's going to look coolest. And you guys you guys uh, know exactly what I mean by that. And yep. how is he going to look cool? He's front on or sideways? Or because you got to get all those heads in there, and you got to make them all work, and you got to make them all look like they're doing something, yeah. and not the third one isn't just hanging off like that, you know, <laughs> like that. And 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 that's that's the most uh I, for me i would say he's probably uh a quite uh, quite hard to draw uh monster uh, especially on the spot you need a ton of reference and a ton of uh like you know where does this go and and, 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 the,
2: scales can scale, yeah, really and the scales enormous. yeah scales
0: yeah well i mean uh, that's a great note on Ghidorah. i was just thinking about that i mean uh, uh, jeff's Jeff's uh, Ghidorah for issue for issue 5 of Kingdom of Monsters I'm probably gonna spend the rest of my career just trying to match that so you hit that on the head there, sir Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And it's uh, but For me, oh Man, uh Kumanga which is the same problem multiplied. Yeah. I mean, it's the same problem eight times over the the uh, He's got all these legs and he's flat He's flat exactly. It's really hard to to like the cover I did for Kingdom of Monsters. Uh, he's taking up so much the center frame, and he's got these weird you know dappled uh, patterns on his body, and he's you know like a, or it could be a she actually because it's the female spiders that are the biggest and most horrible. So I mean male black widows don't bite. So that's uh, a little dropping a little science on you. Anyway, yeah, Kumanga and oh, who was it? You know, Jet Jaguar. Actually, he's not technically a monster, of course, but he's also still a lot of fun to draw. But it's finding that balance with his face to keep it from just getting really creepy. Yeah, because <laughs> he's yeah. got these black eyes, and they're evil-looking. But he's yeah. not evil. He's not exactly. You've got to. It, it, I, I've only a couple of times managed to hit that right balance. Actually, somebody, somebody here at the convention asked a, a sketch for me for Jet Jaguar, but um, uh, Joker Jet Jaguar. So I went and I drew Jet Jaguar. I stretched the mouth out. I gave it this horrible red around his lips and just scratching. Why so serious, my <laughs> him. So uh, I'm gonna be staying awake all night now. <laughs> the lights on. Can't sleep. Joker, elite me. Can't sleep.
3: Joker, elite me. <laughs> How about you,
2: Jeff? I got that.
0: Sweet. Good. I, I have
2: to say that um, the most uh, pain-in-the-butt kaiju to draw for me, even though he is definitely one of my absolute all-time favorite Godzilla villains and superiorly the strongest thing Godzilla has ever faced in his career, Mecha Godzilla. simply because he's a robot, and there's just a lot of technical drawing involved. And unfortunately I have not done a Mechagodzilla cover yet. And which um, Mechagodzilla? That's the other thing. There were three. Yeah. And I
1: my me, least favorite is the ninety-three one. Me, my, too, me too, because yeah. you know what?
2: It it just looks like a dog. It looks like <laughs> a his head looks like the head of a dog. Or a car or something. Yeah, like that. It, just, you know, just, but yeah. but uh, the the original seventies Mechagodzilla and the, the current Kiru Mechagodzilla, love them. Love them to death. Their designs are amazing. And um, I just love the fact that you know this robot can look so darn sinister. Um, other thing I've I've had uh, not that I've done a Geigen cover yet, but there has been Geigen sketches going around like um, for stuff that hasn't happened or anything. But uh, making Geigen kind of exhume his personality because of all the Godzilla villains, Gigan has the most personality because he's like the ultimate like wrestling heel because he will have no problem laughing, making fun of someone, and then if you know, the crap goes and hits the fan, he'll just totally ditch his partner <laughs> without, without second thought. And so, yeah, getting Gigan to have a little bit of personality in him uh, is, is kind of a trick. But uh, yeah, but definitely Mechagodzilla, I think, is probably the hardest to draw. He's even hard to just sort of lay out and sketch. But. And he's all reflections, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Well, do, I mean, even the cover that I did, it was, it was I, I really had to struggle. Because I, 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 I hit this brick wall with that Kingdom of Monsters cover thinking, how can I make 90s Mechagodzilla look cool? <laughs> like, how am I going to do this? So I was like, it's just going to be firing everything, and that'll make up for it all right next
2: that's question godzilla's best especially 70s when he's just shooting everything all at once <laughs> i love that
3: hi my name is cliff and uh first i just wanted to make a a quick uh, remark here and that is that uh, um when you share your backgrounds your your struggles your the things that are they're tough to do a lot about and so much about what you actually do only the mm-hmm. real masters can do that
0: and that's fearless and it's awesome so thank you thank we you genuinely right. appreciate it well, thank you Uh, the other thing I wanted
3: to ask you about is uh, do you can you does toho allow you to kind of anthropomorphize these these critters to make them how much do you let a kind of a human expression leak in or do you want to or do you try to avoid it thanks very much
2: I'm gonna say um in my experience so far um, they're they they're, they can be very picky at least with the covers and um, I can't say I've I, I usually try to portray the you know um, the kaiju as as you pretty much see them in the movie. So I, I tend to draw them a little stiff. Um, I try not to think of a pose that you would not actually see Godzilla in in an actual movie. Um, so I can't say that they've you know. Picked on anything as far as like posing or, or you know anthropomorphizing anything, but um, there have been uh, like my my recent Angerus cover, uh, the first run of pencils I did for it, um, they kind of hit me back and were like, hey, uh, his limbs just look too human. You know, so make sure they just look more like, you know, a creature's limbs, you know, and whatnot. And so at first I didn't quite understand what they meant. Yeah. And then I like went back and studied photographs a little harder and I was like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Cause I, I initially kind of made them like, giving them almost like uh fat baby limbs, you know, <laughs> like, and, and just ended up like kind of just changing the whole shape of them, making them look like, kind of like, you know, rocky and whatnot. And, um, but then, and then they were totally stoked on it, so.
0: Um, well, I mean, personally, for me, I I always try to get a little expression and emotion in whenever I draw the characters. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like drawing monsters is because you can get you can get a lot of expression out of them. I was honestly really kind of worried about that because that's the way I draw monsters. And with legends, I was concerned. I was getting all these notes back. It's like the monsters are they look too silly, or Angiris's face looks he he looks too concerned or he looks too <laughs> sad or he looks too <laughs> constipated whatever and he and and uh i honestly uh they I, I was amazed at how few notes i got on those interiors uh there was a different ending in the original script though that toho said we don't want to do that cuz it's too anthropomorphic and it's the idea that that uh without blowing the ending uh well i mean pff, Godzilla shows up <laughs> and, uh, and Godzilla shows up and um, he kind of regards Anguirus in, in the original script. He actually kind of in a weird way kind of nods at Anguirus a little bit, very anthropomorphic and uh, kind of acknowledges that Anguirus has fought, uh, has fought this great battle and has pretty much won it himself. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, Anguirus has earned Godzilla's respect. Toho came back at us and said, "Like, uh, uh, no, we're not. That's that's not gonna work. It's it's too it's too humanoid. It's too much like people. So honestly, the new ending, though, the current ending is way better. It's got such a better ending. So, uh, you know, it, it it like like Jeff was saying, it's it's tricky things, little little balancing acts.
1: I can I can tell you a story that goes back to not the comics, uh, but back in." Um 1997 I did the two books Godzilla Likes to Roar and Who's Afraid of Godzilla <laughs> and oh boy Woo! It's 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 so cool about those books because I come here and I see this Godzilla generation that grew up on those books and they're all many of them are all adults and grown ups and they're saying I read this or my mother read this to me so anyway when I was working on that we had all these layouts done and the whole entire basis the editorial department said well why don't we do use the what they call the super deformed versions of the monsters because it's a kids book the age the age they were aiming for was four years old or six years old and we submitted all these these drawings to Toho and the Licensing person at the time has changed now. It's a little bit different. But uh, he just said, no, no, this is not Godzilla. We don't understand this whole super deformed thing, and like we don't understand why they didn't... We were saying on our end, they, wait a minute, they have that in Japan, but no, 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 no. no. <laughs> we, we we want him ferocious. He has to be nasty, with sharp teeth, and, and looking like they have to be really killing each other. And I went, it's a kid's book, you know? <laughs> and so it Believe turned out that we I had to wing it as best I could with <laughs> yeah. using it very serious, but also trying to be funny at the same time and and I sort of worked a nice convergence of things there but it's yeah they're really interested very concerned about the image of Godzilla, and I don't I don't blame them because it's a sort of a trademark thing and all that and they're very concerned about what people will be saying when um uh, they want to uh, you know they look at the books and they think oh, is this for uh you know is it a ferocious monsters or for kids or whatever, but they really want this to be a very, uh, uh, their image of Godzilla is very important to them. And they do have little notes that come back. And and usually they're they're writing, lately, the, and the ones to bring forward to the IDW work, the notes that I've gotten on, what I've done, everything's fine. And uh, uh, there was a, um, uh, in fact, one part they, they helped me out on something which was pretty good, so uh, you know it's, it, it's it's all it's all welcome stuff. But as long as it and they get back to you really quickly because usually when you're doing licensed work, a lot of times what the big bear is is that you are dealing with a licensor and the licensor comes along and they say, well oh, no, we can't, uh, you know, we'll get back to you. We'll take a look at it, and we'll have a committee get back to you. We'll have a committee look at it, and then we'll get back to you, and we've got, like, two weeks to do it in. Mm-hmm. And then they get back to you, like, on the day before it's due. You know, it's <laughs> like, you know, here, okay, here's the changes we want. That's usually what goes on with licensing. That doesn't happen with Toho. That's been, that's that I will say has been pretty good.
3: Well, guys, I, I really wish we had more time. we got to clear things out for Mr. Takarata come oh, back cool. in, I think. Uh matt in 30 seconds can you please uh tell us a little bit about the kickstarter project that you're working with uh simon
0: uh yeah real quick uh we're i'm working on a kickstarter project with simon strange who is the creative director for the three godzilla fighting games that i'm sure you all know about destroy monsters save the earth godzilla unleashed thank you and and i'm sure simon will thank you uh we have a kickstarter page up that is uh it's for a game we're tentatively calling kaiju combat and it's a it's a framework title. We're, we're making a lot of original monsters for it, and um, and what we hope to is eventually start to reach out to other companies like Toho and Kadokawa and actually start bringing in uh, licensed characters. I'm talking with JD to see if we can't get G-Fantas in there, and uh, it'd, it'd be a lot of fun. And uh, we've got some people attached to the project uh, like uh, like Bumblefoot from Guns N' Roses, and. Uh, it's it's and, you know we've got you guys, flyers. I'm involved, and, you guys Bob, are involved. and I was going to say Bob is going to be involved as well, and I'd love for uh, Jeff to be able to contribute as well. I mean, Absolutely. reaching out to anybody I can, uh, any any of the, the best and the brightest I can find. So but
3: they're trying to raise a lot of money and uh, three uh, three hundred
0: fifty thousand. We've got just about twenty thousand. So help. Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> oh, got some
3: posters up here. We've got, too, we got we've so.
0: got flyers. Uh, oh, I need one of those. Oh yeah, here you go. Uh... F- uh f- uh, if you donate uh, $500, by the way, not only do you get the game, you get a bunch of other cool stuff, you can work with us, and we will put your original monster in the game. All right. So
3: we got to wrap up. You guys know what we say at the end of the podcast? <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks.